0: Welcome to a special episode of the Made for TV Mayhem show. I'm super excited to be here for a number of reasons. One, because we get to talk about TV movies, which we do every show, but it's that will never stop being exciting for me. And two, because we have a very special guest. So I'm going to just quickly introduce my co-host, and then we're going to jump in um, with the guest. So Dan, are you ready to go with our special minisode?
1: Okay, my lovelies, shower time. That's the gym teacher yells that in the oh. movie. This well, you got all the no, time. Uh, yeah. I, I, you know, I, I watched it again this morning and I just took a lot of quotes. I was having fun with quotes. Yeah, there's some, but yeah, I'm, I'm, there hi. are some fun quotes.
0: Yeah, there's some good quotes in there. Uh, we're also here with Nate, finally, who couldn't make the last episode, but he's here. Hi, Nate.
2: Hi, Amanda.
0: I know you must be excited because we're going to be talking about one of your favorite TV movies, which is The Spell.
2: I absolutely adore this film.
0: So before we get to our guest, who is Jeff Nelson from Shout Factory, um, I just want to briefly say that we've all sort of been touched by the spell in different ways. So Nate used to have a podcast called Axe to Grind, which he did at Blog Talk Radio. I think they might still have an archive of it. And he invited me on, I think for the first episode to talk about TV movies. And one of his picks was The Spell because it's his all time favorite film. And that is where I first started my theory that the gym teacher and um, the lead girl were lesbians. So I feel like oh, yes.
1: <laughs> I see, I see that too. I thought of Fatal Games, the uh, swimming coach, and the uh,
0: oh, yeah, 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 that's a good movie.
1: As I was, yeah,
0: and and then um, when I was asked to edit and uh, write some of uh, Are You in the House Alone, which is a book that just came out about TV movies, I brought Dan in to write about the spell. Um, that might have been one he requested, actually.
1: I forget, but I may have, yeah, it was some time ago, but I did, I just reread it, and oh, it was. Delightful! Just had a good <laughs> Such time. good reading.
0: And yeah. then recently, Jeff from Shout Factory invited me to do the commentary track for the upcoming Blu-ray, which is coming out on the fifth of September. So we've invited him here. Hey, Jeff, how's it going?
3: Hey guys, how are you? So good. We're so doing good. <laughs> doing good. I, well, of course, it sounds like it sounds like you guys are super excited about the spell. Well, I share your excitement. From a band. I am not just. Uh, a uh, uh, marketing person just uh, cranking it out. This was definitely <laughs> a personal pick uh, from my own uh, of my own on in this. Yeah,
0: you and I are actually connected to the spell too because um, years ago, <laughs> our mutual friend Ruben, who I'm never sure if I say his last name right. I think it's Olog Sweet. Um, so yep. He asked me if I had ever seen The Spell, and I hadn't. And he's like, "Oh my God, Amanda, you love TV movies, and you've never seen The Spell. You have to see this." So he gave me a copy of the film, which turned out to be <laughs> a copy of the copy you gave him, right?
3: Yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's so crazy. Kind of a, it's kind of a weird, like, you know, I, you know, from working with in Scream Factory for five years and Shout Factory for eight. You know, for me, I'm in a very interesting position where. I grew up on a lot of these films and like and super nerd geek whatever you want to call them on them and the fact that they have followed me for so long and then I've been put into a very lucky position of where I can actually put these out for other people like you and Nate and, and everybody else out there who wants movies like this is a little surreal. You know, at times I just never thought that I'd be able to get into that kind of position and uh the spell uh was a movie that like God, I remembered like renting on v h s and just kind of you know being very amused by it, but I kept coming back to it for years and years and years, and I just never thought that we would get our we would get our hands on it um so well,
0: that's a good place to start because I want to talk about t v movies in general, but since you've already jumped into the spell. Um you have a long history with it and this is kind of your pick right for Shout Factory mm-hmm. yep. to release. So tell me why of all the TV movies that you may have had access to and I know you I know you guys have released Scream Factory did uh, right Are You in the House Alone and The Initiation of Sarah Tupac. So I know some TV mm-hmm. movies are available to you but why the spell?
3: So um so for TV movies on DVD and Blu-ray, uh, you know. Unfortunately, uh, believe me, I don't like saying this any more than anyone would likes to hear it, but they generally don't don't sell to a volume that has made them more available. Right. That's why you're not you don't see them as much out there. So when we were we released the um, TV Terrors double feature with Are in the House Alone and Initiation of Sarah, we were testing the waters and seeing how it would do. And it didn't it didn't do that great. And you know, some people will say, "Well, you had a weak title in there, or Was it wasn't on Blu-ray, or whatever." But we're still a business at the end of the day, and we have to look at numbers. So we pressed the pause button on that. Um, we released John Carpenter's Body Bags, which is a TV mm-hmm. yes. um, kind of thing, but it's but a little different because it's John Carpenter, and uh, you know, it felt like like sort of a mini movie, anyways, and um, so years went by we you know a lot of people don't understand is that these t v movies they're sort of scattered throughout you know some are at m g m some might be at universal, some might be at c b s some might be at paramount and so it's kind of hard to even you know determine where some of these are um we've had a a long deal with MGM, and that's how we got movies like The Fog and Carrie and Child's Play and all sorts of stuff. But we've been going through their catalog quite a bit, and we're sort of at the end of it to a degree. And The Spell was a title that I'd seen on there for some time, and uh, you know we were hesitant on uh, getting it because, well, here it is—it's a TV movie, and we saw what they did before, but we're, we were sort of at a point where it's like, you know what, if we can do X amount of units on this and people actually show up to buy it, then we should be okay. We should be able to make a profit. And who knows? I mean, if it does well, if it does, you know, up to snuff, then, you know, perhaps down the road, there's other TV movies we can look at. Um, I don't know of any at MGM right off the top of my uh, head, but, God, from a fan perspective, oh there's so many I would mm. love to have on Blu-ray and D V D. Like, you know, uh are you um what's the my the one that is requested the most and the one that I want the most is uh Don't Go to Sleep with yeah. Valerie Harper and Oh yeah, uh, of course. That's yeah. such a great one. Just the pizza pizza cutter scene alone. <laughs> so I mean, uh, you know, there's and there are just several of them out there. The babysitter with uh um Uh, william shatner and uh, patty Patty duke Duke and
0: stephanie stephanie
3: Stephanie zimbalist yes i mean these are these are movies that you know like i said when i was a kid like eight nine ten i was like you know i couldn't see the r-rated movies in the theater so it was like these were just you know cheap thrills that i could see on tv midnight offerings would be another one i mean i you know i'm super excited that you know another company i don't recall their name but this october they're releasing summer of fear with linda blair and uh that's you know so anyways i, I realize i'm I going off in tangents and stuff but that's how the spell came to be and i said you know what let's get it uh and let's go for it and yeah so that's where that's where it is
0: well, you've already kind of answered my question, but like, tell me a little bit about yeah. your experience with, um, made for TV movies. Like what's the first one you remember seeing? And, you know, you, I remember on Trauma you did, it's a horror to know you. And you said Halloween was the, one of the first, I guess the most influential horror film you saw at like nine. But, but did you, had yeah. you seen other TV horror movies prior to that?
3: Nope, nope. Halloween, nineteen eighty-one broadcast in October, was the very first horror film I ever saw, and and it just that was it. It, That set the tone, scared the hell out of me, nightmares for months. I just, you know, I was shell shocked by that film, and when the shock wore off, that's when I like started to dabble into well, what's this horror film over here? Well, what's this? Well, what's this? And then, and at that time. Those TV movies, some of them that I mentioned, like "Don't Go to Sleep" and "The Babysitter," were either showing first time or being rerun, for right. you know. And so I got into those. I would say that those were. I mean, I'm trying to think of the other TV movies that would like horror ones that would have uh, that I would have seen. I mean, there was the Midnight Hour in oh, the mid '80s. So yeah, uh, uh, yeah we get requested for that quite a bit. Um, uh, there was the intruder within, which was interesting, kind of an alien clone on a, on a, on a oil Oil rig or something like that. I just,
0: I just discussed that film. Um, I was in London and I did a talk and we did a thing on small monsters and, um, Uh and uh, I don't know if you remember how it starts small, the little alien creature, and uh Chad yes, Everett, I, I think, think goes toe to so. toe with them. It's this really great scene. and uh, so I'd only seen that movie for the first time <laughs> this year. um and it's it's really an interesting film. I don't know what my young brain would have thought of it because if you ever watch promo, which is available on YouTube, they have a scene mm-hmm. where it looks like a couple are having consensual sex, but it's actually a rape scene. <laughs> in the film oh
3: my yeah Yeah, so yeah
0: so it's really intense when you like when you're watching the ad you're like oh look there's going to be sex and it's going to be sexy and whatever and then you watch the movie and you're like oh my god he's raping her and um and wow the marketing was so off in a way but it's a really good little film i think
3: yeah and some other ones that now that now that i'm sort of opening the floodgates i mean i think wes craven did a great job with Chiller, um, yes. which I wish had a real proper release. Yes. I thought that was really scary when I was a kid. He also um, did a good job. I do. have it on DVD, even though it's corny. Invitation to Hell is pretty fun. Um, it really, it really is pretty, pretty silly. Um, you know, but um, and then there was a lot that you could rent on VHS off of interesting labels. Like I can remember renting Cruise into Terror or something yeah. with like I think John Forsythe or whatever. And they, they, and these movies would show up some of those killer B movies and 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 I would just kind of watch them and and uh but you know, it's too bad that they're just not as available. I mean, you know, the only you know, the ones that you usually see available are like, like you know, Born Innocent is on D V D or some of the ones that were like the big T V movies from right. that time, but there's so many of them out there that aren't. I have to give credit to warner archive when they were starting to dabble into that stuff they released one called desperate lives with diana Oh, that's which a great
0: this, this one great
3: yeah. it's ridiculous it's hysterical well, it's a propaganda. And, like i bought it. oh totally and yeah. it's just but you know got it right away i'm actually looking at my library right now to make sure that i'm not missing any like tv movie that i'll say god why did i mention <laughs> that one because but you guys already know them all anyway so if i forget you know they're that's you'll, you'll remind me, but yeah, those were the ones that made uh, I think the impact.
0: So, um, I'm not sure what my next question should be after that. Uh, well, so you've already (laughs) talked about, you've already talked about plans for future releases and it's sort of vague. And so you guys are kind of looking Mm. again, like testing the waters again to see if you can meet a certain quota. Um, you've already kind of talked about movies you'd like to release, like don't go to sleep, but is there anything that's really obscure that you think really deserves?
3: Uh, a release? As far as TV movies are concerned? Yes, yes. um, I think I've covered most of them all. I think that uh, if it, let's just say this, what I see in the five years that I've been at Scream Factory, I see basically every request that comes through social media from every movie and every sort of genre. And the ones that the TV movies that rise really to the top are don't go to sleep, midnight hour, midnight offerings. And I think that those three are sort of the biggest ones. So if you know, you got access to that, you'd start there and then it kind of goes down. Right. There's other ones. Like I remember Amity bill oh,
1: yeah. uh, the
3: one with Patty Duke I and the lamp that. and whatever. Yeah. yeah. It's a fun, it's a fun one. I remember that. And, and there's some other ones out there, but the ones that get requested the most are the ones that, uh, that uh, requested. I mean, the spell had been requested a couple of times, and you know, you know, I definitely, I definitely want to let your um, listeners know just kind of how much kind of love we put into the release. Um, you know, it's hard with with older movies in general. It doesn't matter if it's TV movies or um, you know uh, theatrical films or whatever. It's all about. You know, how good were the elements to work with and, and what kind of shape they're in and all sorts of things. And so with a spell, um, what we had access to at first was what is currently available on some sort of on some streaming services, which is a 77 minute or 75 minute cut. And, you know, when we got this, I told my um, other Scream Factory partner, car, uh, excuse me, partner, Cliff McMillan, who is uh, our Blu-ray producer and he works in acquisitions. I'm like, we really need to try and find this longer cut of the film because this is the longer cut of it is what was released on VHS back in the back in the 80s and although if you went on imdb and searched around a lot of people don't really know that there's It seems, or that there was a longer cut i remembered it and so we had to bug mgm and we had to go through a certain stuff and alas we found it and but there were certain things about it that um like uh uh, you know, the audio is a little off and we tried to, you know, tried to de it as best as we could. You know, there's just there's things, you know. So I think that with the parameters that we have to work in, um, I say that diplomatically, <laughs> uh, and the resources that we have available, I mean, I'm really pleased with the way that the film turned out. But you know, it is not uh, uh, as we all know. It's not gone with the wind. It didn't go through a, (laughs) you know, a four K scan restoration and a, you know, uh, a cleanup that is, you know, that's yielding Mm -hmm. a lot of units. But I think it's really good. I hope none of this is boring, you guys. No, no, no. (laughs) No, I think. Oh, go ahead, Dan. Oh, I was
1: actually that that was going to be. I actually had two uh, things I was going to say. One. God bless you for releasing Green Acres, the complete series, on DVD in a no. few
2: months. <laughs> uh, one of my all-time favorite shows.
1: And two, nice. I, I was going to ask, what sort of elements do you is, do you have for films like this? Because I thought when you did the previous double feature DVD, I figured maybe there were possibly maybe no film elements uh, available,
3: well, or so that the the first double feature DVD release. Um, I have to be honest, I don't know. uh, I know that why it came out on DVD is either at that time, it was a little too risky. This was back in 2014 when the brand was still launching. It was still too, it was much more expensive for us to make Blu-rays at that time. And the way that our budgets were Planning out for those two movies, we just didn't have it in the budget to even investigate doing a high definition master, which okay. is why there were standard definition releases. I don't know if they were on um, like uh, inch tapes or whatever. I'm not going to mm-hmm. sound too technical here. That's why I let my tech guys talk a little <laughs> bit more on that. But um, you know, I mean listen, I, I don't want to make any sort of promises or anything like that. But like, say if the spell did well, then, you know, it would be something for us to maybe do a high definition of initiation of Sarah. You know what I mean? Oh, so yeah. that that's, that's where we could possibly go back to it. But again, I say that with the caveat of like, you know, the spell has to do well. And also mm-hmm. we're not going to know. Here's the other thing too. We won't know how well the spell is doing. Boy, that's very rhymey. But um, <laughs> uh, we, 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 we won't know quite how well it's doing until kind of after a year because we'll know from the start what the pre-orders are like and, and, and everything to a degree that gives us a slight gauge. But it's also one of those titles that could do better with word of mouth, with sales that come yeah. up and all sorts of things. So we really don't... We We usually, after a year... Take a take the temperature and then go from there. But um, God, I'm like I said, going all over the place. Uh, Yeah. So for the spell, we we had um, we had. uh, uh, I was surprised that there were two elements for us, or two film elements for us to access. And you know what? Considering this movie was, you know, came out in '77. This is a 40 year old (laughs) film. um, You know, it looks. Pretty decent, um, and it looks better than it ever looked on any, obviously VHS, and it was never released on DVD. Mm-hmm. Actually, it's so funny when we got it, there were some other fans in the office of *The Spell* that I had no idea were fans. This guy who's a copywriter was like, "Oh, I love *The Spell*," and I, you know, <laughs> some people have come out of the some people have come out of the woodworks, and 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 I'm just like, "Well, look at these closet spell fans, I love it." <laughs> <laughs> It's,
1: yeah, I, uh, I, that, oh, I'm sorry. Oh no, go ahead. Oh no, I was going to say yeah. That was my thought when I saw it announced on Blu-ray. I thought, what sort of uh, film elements do they yeah, have? Yeah,
0: I was actually asked that, and I don't know enough about how film gets put onto DVD or Blu-ray to answer it. So I'm kind of glad that you, um, yeah, are discussing it because if people are interested. Because I think something that's really interesting is a lot of people don't think that uh, TV movies have ever existed on 35. Um, you know <laughs> what I mean? Like. And and I'm not really even sure how they ended up at the uh, local channels, but I think there was a lot of 16 millimeters because you always see copies of those on eBay. So yeah, um, and so I think people think that like and also the idea of film and TV I don't know why, but maybe because everything's so much directed towards video because video can look filmic now. But there's this it like blows people's minds that there's like probably 35 millimeter prints of these films somewhere. Do you
3: there know there I mean? must
1: there, well... there must be originally yeah yes. Yeah.
3: But, yeah but but for this in particular like uh well for the spell, it was shot full frame so right. it, you know one of the things I was hoping for is that there was film where it was like a you know a one eight five or something mm-hmm. like that that would have been amazing to right. see more much more of the yeah. spell, but it really that that wasn't that didn't, it's not how it existed, and so you know it is the full frame that was another thing that makes you a little skittish too because so you know, most people are used to having widescreen presentations yeah. right. of films and you know, this is not, I mean, and so there'll be boxes on people's screens and unless some people really know the history of a TV movie, they, you know, it's not stretched. It's not, you know, uh, we didn't have uh, additional footage or on the side to to match or anything like that. So it is a one, three, three, but again, you know, you put those into check, you put and then you look at the film itself. We have your commentary, Amanda, which is very fun. <laughs> yes. Thank you, you know oh. what? I, I'm just I'm just gonna say this. When we announced it, I had several, probably at least a handful of people that cited your name and said, you should really contact Amanda at Blah Blah Blah. And I had already known of you through Ruben, and I had already known of your book, too, because I'd already bought it. Um, but it was, you know, sometimes when it comes to extras, you're like, well, time, money, budget. Like, those, can those things all come together? So um, having you on there is a nice, legitimate stamp. And then we were also able to get an interview with the – um, the writer, Brian are, Taggart. Do you live in my head, the...
0: Jeff? Do you live in my head? Because that was my next question. Let's talk about that interview with Brian. Because, you know, he was <laughs> he was my old writing teacher at UCLA Extension. So yet another connection oh, to the spell. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, and so I was really wow, excited. Wow, that's funny. Yeah, he's, I really liked Brian. He really pushed me hard, but it's the only time I've ever been able to write a full screenplay because we only had to write the first act, but he pushed you so hard on... Understanding your story that when the class ended I wrote the second and third act in two weeks and um, and I've always kind of had Held him in high esteem plus he made visiting hours, which is of amazing yes, right? Yes, so yeah.
3: well visiting hours is one of my all-time uh, Guilty pleasures oh, and so it's good. actually not even so much a guilty pleasure. It's actually oh, yeah. a pretty underrated yeah. film I, I let it out, I, let it I, out. I, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it is it is a good uh, horror film that just you know kind of flew in but the people who know it sounds like uh you guys do uh i just think it's great and brian did it you know i think brian did a great job
0: he did so so tell me i know you don't want to give too much away because we all want to watch the interview but um but like uh could you give us just a little background on the did you do the interview of course film it
3: I did not film the interview which is too bad because he lives in LA and we did an interview with him for visiting hours and you know I'm a fan of that and the V you know films and you know other things that he's done including the spell and I've just not had that lucky time for me to just kind of run into him and say hey Brian guess what I put out you know visiting (laughs) hours and spell (laughs) and whatever but no we had a guy here in our production team that. You know i asked I wrote the questions for sure because oh. I just know the film, um and he went and shot him, and I watched the interview, and I think it's really good. I think there's some interesting things in there about uh who the spell was based on that I was like oh. wow okay wow. and and um uh, and also um just kind of the carry connection, and we always you know in the film. You know, I got to tell you, a coworker today watched it uh, last night just by sheer coincidence. And he was telling me he was cracking up. He goes, I, I find this a very fun movie, but it really is a chubby carry. And I laughed <laughs> because it's, it's kind of true. Um, but uh, uh, I was telling him that uh, there's some stories from the writer that will make you go, huh, well, it does seem like a carry ripoff, but really was it? And uh, they explain yeah. a little bit why. Oh, great. But but so I think it's really good. It's a nice it's a nice piece. So you know, unfortunately, you know, MGM didn't have things like um T V promos. I would have died oh. to have yeah. that or or enough or enough um there was no imagery whatsoever for us to do, say like a photo gallery, um right. or, or anything like that. You know, people ask, ah, why don't you go to Lee Grant? Well, we've we've tried going to Lee Grant on visiting hours and she's believe me, if anybody would want to talk to Lee Grant, it would be me. I love her <laughs> yeah. everything everything from yeah, airport like seventy seven yeah. <laughs> yeah, the the swarm and Damien and Valley of the Dolls and I'm like uh, to me Lee Grant has been in more of my favorite uh films so you know it'd be great but you know you know let's be honest you know if she turned us down for visiting hours she probably wasn't gonna come to the bat for the spell and 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 she's also you know she's older and i i don't even know if she lives here so that's the other thing too is logistics and times and you sometimes have to be realistic we don't know where rita you know susan myers is god that's a you know that's the other dimension yeah yeah yeah, you know, we come out with movies. The, the movie Deadly Blessing. Um, oh, yeah. uh, from Wes Craven um, in 81 starred Marin Jensen from Battlestar yes. Galactica. I believe. Yes. and yep, yep, yep. She did this movie, and no one knows where she is. She yes. just vanished. That's I mean, crazy, it's, isn't it? And that's such a, wow. like a
0: unique name. Well, I'll tell you, there's an actress, and I won't say who it is in case she somehow stumbles on this, but she'll know when I talk about uh-huh. it. She disappeared from... Acting, I guess, in the '90s, and I'm in, I'm obsessed with her. And w- one day I sat down. <laughs> one day I sat down in front of my computer and I researched her. And it took a couple hours, but I found I found out she got married. Then I found out who she married. Then I got his name and added her first name to it, and I was able to locate her at a ta- a very wow. small town in California where she's working now. Wow. in a library. And which is great because I'm, my degree is in li- library science and I was going to school at the time. So I found her work email and I contacted her and I never heard back. And I kind of don't blame her because if I got an email <laughs> at my work from a stranger saying, Oh my God, I, I know who you are <laughs> and I know where you live. I would not respond to that either. But like, but like, I can find people. So the fact that I, I wasn't able to find Rita, not that I looked that hard, or Maren Jensen, and I have looked for Mary Jensen as well. I mean, it's, it's really uh-huh. weird the way these people fall off the map like that, especially when we're so connected. Because if I could find this woman, and she was deep, then these other people are like right. real deep. That's all I'm gonna say.
3: Well, a great example, um, we came out with a film that sometimes feels like a TV film. Except for all the gore and stuff that goes in it, is um, a 1977 film called The Sentinel. Um, yeah. Oh with yes, Christina, Christina Raines. Oh, yeah. oh, I love yes. her. Yeah, and I and I love The Sentinel. The Sentinel is one of my favorites. Well, we through uh, through a contact got her out of sort of, I wouldn't say hiding, but we got her out of where she was from to do some commentary. She didn't want to do an on-camera interview or whatever. And I won't say her occupation or anything like that, but I mean, she really, like she lives in California, but she does a job that you just get completely 180 degree different from what she um, is, what she was, what people know her for and you know she uh, she looked similar but not i would never recognize you know what i mean and mm. so they, you know yes. some people and believe me after being in the business not just shop factory but in other companies for a while i could understand the temptation sometime of just saying you know what maybe i should just work at trader joe's and move right. to a small town and <laughs> and right. there, yeah there there we there's a lot of Um, politics and personalities and there's lots of perks don't get me wrong here Um, but then there's also you know I mean that's just you know the the, that I've lived out here in Los Angeles since 91 from a small town in Vermont and it's been a wonderland ever since uh, with all sorts of stuff so but I'm not surprised when actors do you know kind of check out for whatever reason. Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, but a lot of them stay around and they do conventions and they're willing to talk. Um, um, You know, sometimes they're willing to talk if you pay them money and that's (laughs) totally reasonable. But some of them ask for money that we're like, we can't, you know, can't do that. Um, It it all depends. You know, everybody is very different um, when it comes to us approaching talent or cast and crew. And we're just, so grateful over the last five years that we have just had some amazing people from behind the scenes to the full front leads and directors just come to the table and, 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 and basically put their historical stamp on, a, yeah. on our product and for other people to have. That's why people collect it. They want like, like I don't want a digital file. I want something tangible, you know, yeah. and now we're able to do that with a spell. And I'm really happy about that. That's
0: really exciting. And you're kind of a hero for us because, you know, um, I've been writing about TV movies for a long time, but they seem to be sort of coming into favor for some reason. And I'm not saying because my book came out, but around the time of that release, no, I I actually, no, the truth is I spoke to somebody at Warner archives and he said that he's been seeing it over the last couple of years too. There's been an interest and what I think part of that comes from is that with the internet, everything is available, but so much is still lost and real cinephiles. Are really interested yeah. in lost films and TV movies are sort of the last frontier, and so I think we're coming into a sort of where they're becoming more in vogue because they're so there are these things that nobody had any realization even existed up until like just the last couple of years. And I know YouTube, and I don't want like to promote illegal streaming, but YouTube is a big part of that because um, so things have become accessible through them, and and like weird titles have popped up, and um, there's actually a movie that um, was made in 1968 or 69, I guess. And it was preempted for the moon landing and it never re-aired. And it, and, oh, interesting! Uh, yeah, and luckily it re-aired in um, like TBS picked it up like in the '80s or '90s, and somebody taped it and put it on YouTube, and um, but nobody had seen it in its original run. And the woman who starred in it, it was her only TV movie, and I, you know, and that was a lost film for many years. So, I think people are now starting to put their feelers out, and they're like, "What haven't I seen yet? What is out there?" That um, is going to surprise me. And a lot of TV movies are legit good. They might be restrained, but where they can't have violence or sex, they can have, like, really interesting character-driven moments. And I think Don't Go to Sleep is a prime example of that. And I did a Nate Does the Hysteria Continues, and we did Don't Go to Sleep. And we talked a lot about how Poltergeist is about the spectacle of the paranormal, whereas Don't Go to Sleep is actually about the private Of what happens in the home with the family. Do you know what I mean? And so, Mm -hmm. so it deals with domestic, and it's it's it. Yes, it's like poltergeist but at the same time, so it's like we talk about how like the spell is like Carrie, but then it's not because Carrie was more about the public, like how she was she had the domestic life in there, but she was how the movie is is really about how she's perceived by the public, whereas in the spell, it's boiled down into how she's dealt with in within the home, and um. And that's what makes it different and interesting. And even though it was available on VHS, it still hasn't had a real legit home video release in many years. So so you and the people who are doing Summer of Fear um, are are a big deal to us right now. And a lot of people on my uh, social medias are very, very excited about it. And I, I I hope that they all have pre-ordered it. And if they haven't, they should get it. Yes. It's, it's going to come out right before then. But it it's really great to support these films legally because then we get things like... Brian Taggart's interview where you talk about the historical stamp, which I think is so important that these movies are preserved in a way that they deserve to be preserved and not just like a shit upload, which is great because there's so many movies I wouldn't be able to see otherwise, but to have them restored to some degree and also have somebody like Brian Taggart sit down and tell you these things that he's going to tell you in this interview. It's so freaking important. So, um, yeah, well,
3: and your commentary as well. I think that, I think that, you know, the other thing too what I liked about your commentary is that there was a nice balance of like uh, addressing the unintentional humor that's in the film and then the 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 layers that I guess I probably wouldn't have seen because I don't look at it as much but you brought in like some of the subtext and stuff and I think that's very interesting because sometimes you know like I watch movies and I just kind of let them wash over to me and then when I get you know, I'm just going to say the smart people like yourself that deep go deeper into the film and bring out some stuff. I'm like, oh, yeah. okay, All right. I got it. All right. There's another layer. You know, I I often wonder, you know, to myself, especially in my eclectic taste of movies of like, why do I love this movie so much? And then at, at some point I've just accepted that I just do. You know what I mean? I can hear I can I can read all about it i can hear all the stuff about there sometimes you just like things just cuz you like things yes. and yes. you know um our our mutual friend ruben um uh came over actually recently um to to watch the spell i wanted him to come over and and yeah, I hadn't seen him for a while and uh you know i thought it was amusing cuz i've known ruben since god 99 or 2000, or whatever, and just so funny that this movie, you know, has a con- continues to carry us. And uh, we were having a good time with this. Um, this doesn't spoil anything to anybody, but my god, if you had a drinking game, every time somebody had said banana cake in this damn movie, <laughs> you would be drunk. There's, there's, even in the longer cut, it's like, okay, we get it. You like the banana cake at the restaurant in the very in the first fifteen minutes. Even the guy who watched it yesterday brought it up, and we were just laughing because we were just like, got it, banana cake. You're obsessed with it. <laughs> That's hilarious.
0: You know, I don't actually. You know, it's funny because when I called Dan, he talked about the banana cake, and I don't think all the stuff I was subtext, I was trying to dig up. I missed the banana cake.
3: I missed it. Oh no! But this this, it just, it's just—it's one of those things. That's what I—what I love about the spell is that there's actually some good acting going on there. Yes. I mean, I think Lee Grant is great. I think—I think all the actors are doing a pretty good job there, um, but it is balanced with the. 70s smoking in the kitchen oh. and the
2: inappropriate yes. like
3: father saying she's fat let's put her on the grapefruit diet like i mean these things you don't do now um and then it just you know there it's it has charm and uh and it will continue to have charm and i love and i that's why we like these retro films they take us back to a time where you know for a lot of people those kind of tv movies take us back to uh, you know uh 70s and after school specials yes. and and lunch boxes and like you know all that sort of stuff and it's just and that's where shout factor in general as a company is really good at doing i mean you just said it earlier um uh I, I, but i believe nate you said green acres or was it oh, somebody it was else i apologize Dan said it. that's okay oh that hey, was that was me uh, but so, you know, we, we look, nostalgia, always going to be appealing, especially in this weird world we're in yes, right now, where I we agree. want to like, want to, we want to escape back to like, ah, oh, when I was a kid watching Halloween in 1981, mm-hmm. I mean, you want to go back to your comforts and, you know, so if the spell is bringing comfort for, you know, a lot of people, then I, that, that my job is, my job is done in that regard, yeah. you know, and, and, uh, You know, um, I'm happy to really be talking about it. I think it is very uh, wild that this movie just continues to be in my life for some reason, (laughs) as a lot of these movies are. Um, But, uh, yeah.
0: That's awesome. So I think since we've started talking about The Spell, I thought we could all just sort of do like a non-spoilery discussion. Of it I think you started really well with like the banana cake there's a lot of stuff in there yeah. I think the thing I want to bring up and I want to talk to Nate too because you know it's so funny we got some feedback about Nate and Nate, some people are like I forget Nate's there <laughs> <laughs> he 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 waits and then he says what he needs to say and he's very succinct but um you know uh, Nate and I had a really fun discussion about this when we were podcasting but I don't remember if we talked about how horrible uh, Rita's father is in this film. I mean, he no, is terrible. He is horrible. And like, the more I watched it, the more I was like, oh, he's the, he has to be the worst dad ever. And I think I even said on the commentary, cause I just seen the stepfather that I think the stepfather was a better father than James Olsen, because, <laughs> because at least he tried to meet Jill Schoen halfway. Right. You know, he worked with right. it. And, um, and Nate, um, do do you have any um, thoughts about James Olsen in this?
2: Well, I mean, he wasn't very nice. <laughs> um, I mean, he was very—he was nice to Helen Hunt, but not to Rita.
0: You know, that's an interesting... No, not
2: to Rita at all. That's
0: an interesting dynamic, because Helen Hunt is like the pretty, perfect uh, daughter. And Rita... But Rita's not that bad, you know what I mean? It's But she has such a... The actress has a real duplicity to her that I love. And it's disturbing, because... I feel like sometimes she is gentle and kind, but she's always got this weird look on her face, like that there's like a veneer of, I'm gonna destroy you in two seconds. And um, a good example was before we started the call, uh, Dan and I were talking about the scene where um, Helen Hunt is dying the eggs and making pizza. And then when they mm. come back, the car is warm, you know, the hood of the car is warm. And the dad thinks that Rita's been driving the car. And she starts talking about how she was warming up these eggs. I don't think she was warming up those eggs. I think we all know that. But um, but she <laughs> she tries to sound really kind about how, like, the bird died and she was taking over. But at the same time, she's looking like, oh, my God, I can't wait till my powers are strong enough to just fucking destroy you. And, um, and <laughs> that's what I like so much about her performance and what I think makes the film stand out. And makes it different from Carrie in a lot of ways because Carrie didn't want to own her power but Rita is ready to dive in you know
3: Mm -hmm. yeah I mean uh I I uh oh god where's my train of thought on this there's so many thinking about this film um to me Rita is you know we I talked earlier about this nostalgia. she just reminds me of girls that I knew in school that like liked holly hobby and like dr- <laughs> like there's a little bit of like that seventies like I know that the little House on the prairie they didn't dress like that, but there's still a little bit of like that it's that kind of i like arts and crafts kind of yeah. like her outfits even are very you you know where I'm going with this it's just very um uh dowdy and very yeah yeah yeah, very something and I just find that to be you know you know interesting but I and also amusing at the same time she's a spinster
0: I I just want to say real quick she's a spinster before her time I mean she's dressing like Mm -hmm. she's waiting to be an old lady
3: right that's a good point
1: she, she's the one who, when you see her outfits, you think, okay, she's in a very specific area of 1977. Right, exactly. <laughs> you know, it's like it's exactly. like like because when you see Helen Hunt's outfits, uh, you yeah, I, I never, I never once thought 70s. I just thought young woman dressing up. But but oh. Rita seems to specifically dress in things that make you go, Rita. Don't. Don't. <laughs> right, they, they, call you, right. they call you Tubbo in the opening scene. I know, Don't encourage
0: it. Don't encourage it.
1: Uh, and she's in those sweat, <laughs> sweatsuits, and it's like, oh, yeah. my God. You're getting picked on, and I've had this happen in, in my young life. You, you get picked on, and then you accidentally dress in the perfect outfit for everyone to pick on you some more. <laughs> and yeah. You just, you, just think, you just think, like, I'm going to dress in something low-key. You know, it's like, I'm not going to be in sh- the little, little little shorts or little top. I'm just going to be do a sweatsuit. And then you show up, and they're like... Oh hell! Look at that! And you're like, oh, yeah,
3: I that. Oh gosh. You know what? You just brought up. You just brought up something um, uh, that made me just trigger a little bit. Like, you know, I think really one of the reasons why I like the spell is seriously. Carrie is one of my all-time favorite films. It is the there are three films that were very influential to me as far as horrors confirmed uh, are concerned. And you can, you're, any listener to this. Can say half of Scream Factory can be traced back to Halloween, The Fog, and Carrie. Those are just the oh. three that worked with with me very well. Three films, yeah. But the reason what I, about New New I, not New Year's <laughs> Evil? Uh, no, New Year's Evil is fun, but I wouldn't Jeff say that Go that was. Hair. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the but the reason Carrie resonated so much for me is I was, of course, you know were most of us, you know, picked on in school or junior high or high school or whatever like that. And some of those things, you know, those themes and stuff that happened in Carrie was a big deal. So even if the spell is perceived ish as a carry ripoff to a degree, um, I could still relate to Rita to a degree. I'm just I'm just thinking about it now. I just wondered why sure. I've seen this movie so much. And so there is a part of me that can sort of say ah, i can relate to rita and if you have those powers and blah 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 and all that kind of stuff just kind of like carrie there was another movie another care an obvious carrie ripoff that came out in 78 called jennifer oh, that love has it. the same yep. st- jennifer. St- yeah, 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 yeah. Lo- yeah same themes and same you know girl being picked on and you know getting revenge and um you know i even fire starter isn't the same but it's the same kind of concept you know and the fury is another but, good one but jennifer oh, jennifer
0: I, has burt convey which was why it's the best of all
3: of those films. <laughs> right right. Jennifer.
0: You know, yeah, Bert, he Bert brought, Con- did you know he brought his own trailer to the film because they didn't have enough money to get trailers and he just has a trailer apparently and he brought it to the <laughs> set he's like don't that worry guys i got funny. a trailer and um, and there's so many reasons why I love Burt Comby, but that's like number
3: twelve on my list. Oh, <laughs> that is very funny. I did not know that Jennifer Jennifer benefits from having a um, theme song all to herself. Oh, so, you know that's right. Uh, that's it. Jennifer,
0: <laughs>
1: so, that
3: was, there's
0: magic. I can't remember the whole thing, but yeah,
1: it was. It, yeah, cannot... yeah. Can I just say, I just read, uh, reread my review of, uh, the spell in Amanda's book. And I mentioned that, uh-huh. and I thought that this morning when I rewatched it, I wrote a note, uh, that's my paper with a note on it, uh-huh. Sunshine on My Shoulder. And I looked in the book <laughs> and I say the same thing. The opening theme with all the flutes. I oh, that's right. It oh, mixes, yeah. It, it. it mixes, it mixes, um, uh, Shazam! The mid seventies live action Shazam! Yes, with sunshine yes. on my shoulder.
3: <laughs> yeah, that it, like, wow. it is, it is very from that time period. You're right. Yes. Like that time period is also as a kid, people, you know, kids are watching Electra Woman and Dinah Girl and, yes. and Mardi Croft. Sure. I mean, it just it has that feel to it. And what's really funny is that um, I can't mention the project, but I just interviewed an actress. Uh, a couple of weeks ago and the subject of tel- TV movies came up and um, she was telling us that, you know, and you already, you guys already know this, but like, boy, at the time, the launch of a TV movie was a big deal. Yes. That's okay. why you had a, an Oscar-winning actress like Lee Grant in there or Linda Blair or, you know, some of these actresses that were in some of these big TV movies because they were a big deal. And we also... You know, people, new generations don't even understand the concept of this unless they're doing their homework. There was only three stations, people. It was CBS, ABC, and NBC. That was it. We we only had three, and they were all vying for advertising dollars, and they were all vying for people to tune out one show to another or whatever. So at some point when, you know, the 70s were just so – Crazy with all of their films in general, like The Exorcist, and you know all the kind of stuff too. Uh, naturally, TV was going to get a little bit more edgier, and you know, with, you know all the family and all this kind of stuff too. So these TV movies, um, you know, I think are just an interesting response to the seventies and. That's why we love them, you know. Yeah, well, they were certainly
0: <laughs> looking. I'm sorry, just real quick. They were just certainly looking at their theatrical counterparts and looking at like uh, we a did definitely. a thing. We did a thing on the women in prison movies. And um, which were huge. Oh, in the 70s. I
3: love those. Yeah. Oh, and those the ones. TV movies, yeah.
0: there were several of them and they did them all differently. Uh, Nightmare in Badham County is probably the closest to. Like, oh, Ryan's I love House. Nightmare in yeah. So, yeah. 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 so good. It's intense. Um, And, and so like, I'm not very surprised exactly. that like you could call this a carry or that the paranormal in and of itself was very popular on television because that's what was doing really well with Rosemary's Baby and The Exorcist and The Omen um and so they were looking at these big market uh these movies are making big bucks and then they were doing things like the possessed you know with joan hackett and the spell
3: yes and the initiation of sarah oh and also look what look what's happened to rose oh, god, yes. Yes. They, and, and, yeah. and revenge of the stepford wives That's right. and, i mean oh, yeah. they were just yeah. they were really doing a lot god i so funny, you get you start talking and the floodgates open, there's so yeah. many out oh, there, so and many. don't even get me started on all those prison movies, there's one with Lois <gasps> Nettleton that I oh, wish we was on covered that. DVD,
0: women, women
3: in Chains uh, is it oh my god, it's a that's great an, TV yes. movie that's
0: an yes. interesting example I use it all the time because Women in Chains was for many years in the top 20 highest rated telefilms of all time up into the 80s, it did phenomenally wow. well when it originally aired and yet, it's lost. Like mm. you know, yeah, it's, it it's never had a home video release, and so um, yeah. You apart
1: can... from when we talked about it for like ninety minutes. I yeah, think. but <laughs> you know what I mean. But I mean, it's so
0: it's so interesting that these movies had. Gazillions of people watching them, and I mean, yes. I mean, it did as well as the Night Stalker. You know what I mean when it originally came yeah. out. And everybody remembers oh, the Night we Stalker, get, and it's available. We,
3: we get, re- by the way, we do get requested for that quite a bit too. I, I don't yeah. know where my mind was. We get requested That's a lot. Okay. for the Well, Night that, did
0: whole, that did have a That did have a DVD release. Um
3: did,
1: are there are there are there film elements uh, available for Night Stalker and such?
3: I you know what I don't I don't know until hmm. we actually acquire a film. Oh, okay. Got uh, legally, then we re- Then I. Then I don't yeah. know what uh, what they have. Unfortunately, got all these movies. Talking about all these movies are making me sad <laughs> that they're not available. Yes, that's the I'm goal. Like, we I need know, you, I Jeff. know, but it just it,
1: yes, please. No, but
3: Jeff. not. You know, but not sad. Well, believe me, I, I. I. There's something to be said for the power of one. But in this case, I don't own the company. I don't, you know, <laughs> but, control the funds. But what that, you're doing, and though. Some,
0: You're testing everything out and even if the initiation of Sarah and Arjun House alone didn't meet to expectations, it became available and it's out there and and it's it's in a form it's in a format that's physical and that's legal and that people can access. And so, yes, I, I want the spell to do phenomenal. But at the same time, just yep. the fact that it's getting this kind of treatment is such a big deal. Like, we can't overstate that. And so, when I say, Jeff, I need you, I don't expect you to go out and be like, hey, everybody, we got to release Women in Chains next month on DVD. But like, the, I, but, but you work escape, for company, Escape
1: with Christopher George. You work yes. for a company that's
0: pioneering this idea of yes. TV movies well. and, and not just in those 50 packs where they're just, hey, let's get it. Video transfer and just throw it out there, and that's great too. Trust me, I own those. But like, but like, where you're legitimizing these films in ways that they, you know, that like other communities have become interested in them. You know, that are interested in picking up physical media. So what you're doing, even without releasing these films, what you're doing with the spell in and of itself is a really big deal.
3: Well, you're welcome, and we. (laughs) I mean, listen, I love having, I love having to be a part of it um, as, you know, look, I didn't make the film, you know, I didn't get all that stuff, but there was a part of me that's happy that I've been able to, touch it and other films like that in a way where we can make it available to you guys. This is the mm-hmm. stuff that makes us smile. I listen, I came home today and I have a package that I haven't even opened yet. And I know two Blu-rays are in there and they're <laughs> from another company. And guess what? I'm super excited. I'm I'm will I'll watch them after this call. You know what yeah, I mean? I... Like, you know, we, we we you know, you enjoy what you enjoy and, and, uh, you know, there are fans. It's funny. There are fans of this stuff. There may not be in the numbers that, um, we would like to have, but they are all, but there's enough. And obviously for you to write a book and, and i us to put some stuff out. Uh, I just hope we can find more and, uh, more people can just kind of say, Hey, I remember this film and, and, you know, You know, look, your book came out this year. The Spells came out. Summer of Fear came out. Uh, Maybe there's other things that are being brewed at other other labels, you know. I mean, these things sort of happen all uh, sort of all at once for a while. So I'm just wanting to see what other films come out the god i mean i think of things like sarah t and don yeah. portrait of a, oh yeah a, a teenage hooker or whatever and all that born innocent i can't i can't do born innocent again <laughs> well yeah, i just... born in it. well i can be born innocent because it's just linda blair i just she's just sure. a hoot so i just you know i can watch her in anything <laughs> that's an
0: intense film though but i think oh, i just recently did a podcast it hasn't come out yet so i won't say the name of it because it's new and they haven't really released anything yet but they um had me talk about Alexander, The Other Side of Dawn, which was the sequel to Dawn. Mm, I love that one. Yeah, and it's so good, and it's actually kind of groundbreaking for its time, even though I think... um,
3: Absolutely.
0: Yeah, the people who I talked about it with weren't as hip on it as I was. Um, They liked it. But like um, it, you know, when you watch it sort of with uh, younger eyes, um, I think you can see there's some problems with it. But at the time that it came out, that was the first time we were really kind of seeing that kind of stuff. Not the very first time, but very close to the first time we were seeing these um, gay characters on television portrayed sympathetically. Yeah,
3: absolutely. Yeah, yes. yeah. It was very. It was very. I only saw a bad bootleg of it many, many years ago that someone burned to me, and uh, I liked it enough that I had the tie-in paperback novel oh, I'm looking at oh, it right wow. now <laughs> wow. that's cool
0: that's awesome. cool wow. um, I knew that came um, out but I've never seen it in physical form
3: yeah I, I I used to at one point I think I gave it away but there was definitely one for Sarah T and there was definitely one for Don it was part of like a series and so Alexander's one and that's the one I kept because it was just well it's just more up my alley let's it's put it that really way cool, yeah. um <laughs> <laughs> but I'm, I'm curious. So, um, so Dan, yes, you've been chatting and Amanda, you've been chatting, but I, Nate, you. you were introduced as being a big spell fan. So I want, I need yes. to hear, we need to hear what, yes, what you please. love about the spell.
2: What's your thing? It's really difficult for me to talk about the spell without wanting to talk about the endings. Oh, um, yeah. I'm trying to avoid that as <laughs> oh, much as possible. Yes. But I've got to say, the finale of this movie is one of my favorite TV movie finales of all time. I it's just yeah, it's it's a it's good one. phenomenal. Like, I mean, I've rewatched one. the ending scene, um, you know, the climactic scenes at the end. I've rewatched mm-hmm. those so many times that, like, I didn't even have to rewatch that part. I mean, I did of course, but I didn't have to rewatch that part when wanting to talk about the film just because I, you know, I've seen it so many times that I know know it by heart, but um, I mean, I love the film uh, in general. Uh, You know, I like the, the characters, even the ones that we don't really care for. I still kind of, it's more of a love to hate kind of thing. Yeah. It's more than just disliking outright. Um, But I mean, it's, you know, it's it's great, and it's definitely in my top five of uh, made for TV movies. I love, you know, all, you know, like everything about it. But I'm a huge Carrie mm-hmm. fan as well, so mm-hmm. you know, I mean, that obviously has something to do with it because I love Initiation of Sarah as well. Yes. and I love Jennifer. Yep, that's you know, another. Again, and, and def-
3: definitely cut from the same cloth. You know, I, I mean, <laughs> yes, we mentioned the ending without same ending. The ending is what makes the film because. It's just a cool ending, and so for those who haven't seen it, you'll you'll understand when we when we say it. But it is yes. it was a a good um, play on uh, it was a good play on Carrie in a way. And yet, yes. when you hear Brian's interview, it, you, there is question about. So you wrote this, but did you know that? Carrie came in and whatever. It's just very interesting. It just, mm-hmm. you know, but um, yes, the ending is arguably the best part about the film, I think. I, I, um, I, I oh, I'm, I, I was just, I, I was,
0: can I just ask Nate a real quick question? Um, yeah. So, Nate, you're younger than us. Um, when and where did you come across the spell for the first
2: time? Uh, I was working at Movie Gallery. Oh, I didn't know you there. Uh, when I was there. like, yeah, I was like, uh 16 or 17 and uh, of course i was all about the horror section because i mean you both know that i love my (laughs) slasher movies they're my favorites but Mm -hmm. um you know after i you know exhausted the slasher selection there i um you know started looking at a lot of the other films and one of them was a vhs of the spell so i took it home and, and watched it and i it was just awesome. Um, so I mean that that was my really my first experience with it. Um, I rented that tape several times <laughs> before you know I wasn't little, any working there any longer. I should say. <laughs> That's, That's awesome. funny. I you know you know I will just say one of the things. One
3: of the regret. It's not even the regret. One of the things that. We couldn't do for the spell that I wanted to do for the spell is I wanted to do a reverse image with that old VHS tape. And unfortunately, we could not we could not find um, a high res enough image or even just taking it for a tape that was going to work like that. So that was unfortunate. That's one of the reasons we had to have a new illustrated piece on it. Um because just MGM didn't have anything. We didn't have anything to work with. And uh so anyways, I'm just throwing it out there meaning that I too know that VHS tape with her split face and yeah. you know, it's I mean it's really it's really, you know, not very uh what should I say? Uh it just is what it is. But it is something that we did try to get on a reverse and wrap mm-hmm. and, and we couldn't get, unfortunately. But- I
0: always think it kind of captures like the the sort of duplicity of her because they're showing her like sort of yeah. like, split in all these different ways. And I think that the characters split in a lot of different ways, you know. And so I, yeah. I, I think that the VHS cover works. I mean, I really like the cover you guys have, though. It's very artistic and beautiful. Mm-hmm. And yes. Yeah. Much nicer than anything that it, a TV guide ad. I love TV guide ads. This is, right, right. This takes well it up it, a notch. I,
3: I will tell you, though, that there are artists who did it, um, Joel Robinson, who is one of our vets and who is just does amazing, has done some amazing work for us. His first uh, um, pass at that, that first draft that he did was basically the art. But when you look at the art again, look at the lady, the um, uh, I forget her name, the old woman who, this is you trum- know, Trumbull, is it? Well, I can't remember her name. But yes, I know you're
2: talking
3: yes. about. Yes. So her face is very front and center and very looking, very spooky and, and everything like that. Well, but in the first draft, she had a tongue sticking out. And that tongue sticking out just the minute I saw it, I just laughed. I was like, we got to remove <laughs> the tongue. It's not going to work here. <laughs> even though that is, a, even though that is a, as you know, it's not a spoiler to a degree, but maybe. But, like, even though there's a signature scene and yes. fans of the spell will know what we're talking about. Ruben knew it right away. He was, like, waiting for it. Um, but I was like, no, nah, we got to move the tongue. This, this, yeah. this, this, it, we got to still make it look a little spooky. He yeah. definitely made it a little more. Uh, he definitely added some gothicy touches yeah. to it. And yes. Rita yeah. with her cape and everything. I and loved I her cape. His her lit, her um their likenesses. Um uh, I mean again, he just really excels at likenesses, and he did a good job. But um did a good job. Um, and so, I just uh,
1: I just realized. I'm sorry. It's not Mrs. Trumbull. No. I sound like I'm I'm like a, like a bewitched episode. It's the Bellamy. It's the Mrs. Bellamy. Bellamy.
3: Bellamy. Yes, yes. Right. Sorry right. about. Bellamy. Sorry about that.
1: I'm look. I I have a huge page of notes here, and I was like Trumbull, <laughs> Trumbull, <laughs> Trumbull. No Bellamy. Yes, uh,
0: something yes. something else we haven't touched on. Um, and and then we'll ask Dan about his thoughts on the spell. Um, but, of course, people could pick up my book, Are You in the House Alone, a TV movie compendium, and read it. But um, that's a is... little plug. But uh, some, <laughs> so, something we haven't talked about, and what I actually think is probably the scariest parts of the films are the scenes with Jack Colvin in his office. And um, Oh, just... yeah,
3: actually, the ending is yeah, – Oh, yeah, so yeah, I, creepy. I
0: it's everything about those scenes with him in the office are legit creepy with the voices on the tape and um, just his his reactions and his curiosity about it. And also listening to Lee Grant tell the story um, is really amazing. And, and I watch The Spell and I see those scenes and I actually get goosebumps. I mean, I think that they're so well done. Um, and uh, it's just really neat. And I wondered when you talked about the extended scenes, Was some of Jack Colvin's stuff extended, or was it just other stuff like the banana cake restaurant?
3: No, it was. It's 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 mostly the well, the extended scenes and listen, you know, uh, your people who are buying the spell. I'll give you a little bit of a hint of finding out what some of those extended scenes are. You'll hear a little bit of a different audio. Um, It's not like a. It's like a. There'll be a little bit more of a pronounced hiss on those Mm. um, uh, deleted, or not deleted scenes, extended scenes, and unfortunately there wasn't, we just didn't have the budget to be able to take care of it and match it as much as we could for the other stuff. Um, The extended scenes are, um, yes, him uh, in particular, because if you go to the shorter scene, the movie ends with the climatic scene we're all talking about and goes right to credits.
0: That's That's how I remembered it.
3: Yeah, the longer version has uh a long, another Jack uh what was his name? Jack Coleman scene?
0: Jack Coleman, yeah. Or no no.
3: Yes. Yeah, um so so the Jack Coleman scenes I believe are oh, Colvin. Part I'm of sorry, extended. it's Colvin. Colvin, okay. Yeah, I was thinking Jack Coleman is uh Stephen Carrington from Dynasty <laughs> yes, like. that yes, and that's be right. right. Um, um but um um uh, uh, those are those, I believe, are some extended scenes or longer scenes. There's also a long scene with um, Lee Grant talking to James Olson in bed and talking about Rita and talking about stuff like that. And I remember Ruben and I going, uh, thinking, "Yep, longer scene," um, because it just was a lot more talky. Um, and mm-hmm. and I don't remember. Plus, we could hear a little bit of the hiss. But it is mostly talking scene. Actually, the banana cake scene, in the shorter version, they're right at the restaurant talking. In the version we have, oh, they're shopping outside, window shopping, and they're talking yes. about, let's go to the restaurant and get some banana cake. So, <laughs> so uh, i tell you, Ruben and I were very hungry for banana cake after watching <laughs> this. <laughs> but anyways.
0: So, Dan. Uh, um... Yeah. Dan, tell us your experience with uh, the spell. How you came across it?
3: I'll, well, let
1: me just start by saying that when I watched it, uh, I, I, Saturday night, I had insomnia and I could I could not sleep. And from about midnight to four in the morning, I watched episodes of Search, which is one of my favorite TV shows, and The Spell. And you see mm. the you see their mansion. Uh, that they live in the family. I call them the insufferables, but that's not their name. They're I think they're the 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 matchets. It's the family are the matchets, and uh, you see their house in the first scene, and then it cuts to Lee Grant and her friend having banana cake. And I thought they were actually <laughs> sitting in a, like a little veranda area oh, in their house. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I was it's like, a this, very palatial yeah.
0: house, yeah. The,
1: yeah, this isn't – yeah. it's, it's one of those houses, folks, where like you uh, – when you pull into the driveway, you actually drive under a portion of the house kind of thing. Mm. Like it was like yeah. if, you've ever, if you've ever seen The Sopranos, there's a scene in that where Tony – uh, goes to, you know, because Tony had a big house in New Jersey, but then there's a scene where he goes to, like, an entertainment lawyer's house, and he, like, drives into a driveway and then drives under a portion of their house to get to where you park, and it's suddenly like you're going from, like, rich guy to mega rich guy, and you're like, oh my gosh, that's so, so I, I saw that, and I thought, wow, that's I I'm I I love it. This is what is it? The Mexican restaurant thing, man. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. (laughs) like and I I will say there was one thing about this where when I reviewed this for your uh, book, I could have sworn that the entrance to the house was on the top floor and they went down the steps. But they don't. They they come in on That's the ground right. floor. Yeah, yeah. And I, I don't know why I said that. When I watched it again, I thought, Dan, you're an idiot. But uh, so The Spell, to <laughs> me, I watched The Spell. I rented it ages ago and watched it, not knowing that it was a TV movie, not fully understanding what TV movies were, although I grew up with TV movies. But I also grew up mm-hmm. with a lot. I also grew up with a lot of um, theatrical movies that were expanded or extended for TV viewing, Uh, like Superman, the 1978 wonderful Superman. Yeah, absolutely. They they add like an extra 30 minutes or something. Wow. Or or things like when they would show um, uh, James Bond films uh, on TV when I was a kid, it was like they would show on Her Majesty's Secret Service, which is two hours and 20 minutes, but they would start at like 7.30 on a Sunday, and it would end at 11.00. So they'd stretch yeah. it out for like three and a half hours. It was like my family, like two hours into it would be like, we're going to bed. And I'm like, I'm here. You know I'm I'm... So so it was like, so, so I, I didn't fully understand. Like when I watched the spell, what a TV movie was, although I knew that the fade outs and fade ins mm,
0: yes. were, mm-hmm. were,
1: were not normal for movies, but right. I, um, I saw the spell ages ago and then Amanda when you and I first became friends when I asked you to um, prove for me my uh, happy days article about the Fawn's jump in the shark um, mm. so long <laughs> so long ago um, yeah. I think you asked me if I could if I could review some things for your book and I believe I want to say I asked for the spell I'm I'm main I don't fully remember But I did sit down and I watched The Spell a bunch of times and I reviewed it for the book and I had a great time with it. And I hadn't actually watched it again since three days ago. So in watching it again, it's funny. My first thought in watching it is that apart from Lee Grant, I don't like anyone in the family. That's not not specifically a bad thing like the dad. I know the dad from someone I touched.
0: That's right, you wrote about oh that my too. God, that one you Cloris asked for.
1: One, the Chloris yes. Leachman yep, The Chloris it, yep. It's yeah. like, I I think my my review says something like, you know, um, this movie ends with the realization that Kenneth Mars touched Chloris Leachman in a very special way, <laughs> and your, your mileage may vary on that. So I think, I remember you
0: writing that,
1: yes. Yes, yeah, so, um, but uh, I, I, like, I like him because I like his hairline. Like, he's got the bald thing, but he... He sort of does the uh, comb over, but the comb over is yeah. like halfway in the back of his head rather than in the front, sort of. Yeah. So it's And he's of...
0: so ridiculously tall. Like, yes. Grant goes up to like his crotch yes. and you're like, oh my God, <laughs> he, yeah, yeah. he is ridiculous. And he's very you, stern. Like, he's you, also in a movie called Paper Man. Do you, have you guys seen that? That's I've a TV movie.
1: No. Um, oh gosh,
0: he's so great. Well, anyway, but is he's... There... he's, he's He's always got a quality to him that makes me dislike him. And I don't mean the actor. I really like James Olsen. But, I mean, he plays a lot of characters that are kind of like the dad in this. Yes. And yeah. and, and he's good at it. He's almost yeah. too good at yeah. it is yeah. what I'm saying.
1: And the thing about the spell is I, I I really love the spell. I love the way that it starts off seeming like with that, that opening theme with the flutes and the um, sort of uh, the John denver feel, like making you think that <laughs> – this kind of gal who's not really that big, but they call her Tubbo over and over. Yeah, you know, yeah, like, yeah, it's, yeah. It's like, and they throw some misdirection here and there regarding sort of some events that happen that are not nice for some people, and and you 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 kind of watch the film, but and 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 gradually start to think actually, Rita and I have a note right here. Rita's kind of a creep. As the movie goes along, <laughs> Rita becomes less pleasant i think uh but yes. then her dad's kind of unpleasant and then chris helen hunt is kind of in a vague space where sometimes she's slightly unpleasant and other times she's like there there's a scene in the end near the end and this isn't a spoiler where dinner is made and the dad goes uh looks at lee grant and says this dinner is great well chris helped and then helen hunt just looks up and said well i sauteed and the way she says it is so charming, you know. It's like, oh, that's why we love Helen Hunt, you know. And, mm. and but I
0: think the dynamic between the dad and Rita is really important because I do yes. think Rita is really unlikable. But as the film progresses, I have sympathy for her because the way she's treated by him, He's, you
1: know. He gets, he gets he gets he tries at one point in the beginning to go up to her and he says something like, uh, "You make it very tough for me to say sorry."
0: That's right. Right. And,
1: and, but then you think it's like, well, he's really just trying the one time.
0: After, yeah, that's after, right.
1: After that, he's like, he's like, Rita's got it. It's just like we had two kids. One of them isn't working. And we are rich enough that we can ship that one away. You know, yeah. we can send that yeah. one to Europe so we don't have to hear from her again. And we can keep the the cuter one.
0: Yeah, I think that that dynamic really works because I I think without it, I think Demrita becomes even more unlikable. You know what yeah. I mean? So it's it's you, good to see that that it's rooted somewhere in the home. Meet like, those
1: moments. Yeah, there there yeah. there's a lovely moment too where um. I, I won't say what the incident is, but where Lee Grant is talking to her, and she's like, "You feel a little warm," and she puts a thermometer in her mouth, yeah, and, yeah, and Rita just scene. got a thermometer in her mouth, just looking up at her mom with this loving look on her face. You mm-hmm. know, so it's, that's, it's it's like that's Rita's, the
0: other dynamic that works, right? So yeah, you see that balance yeah. there between it, the parents.
1: Because she, Rita does say at one point, when she gets angry, this is early on, more or less, like she looks at her mom and says, "You're the only one I love." You're you're the only one, and and it's just like mm-hmm. it's, it's 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 one of those films where it's like it just charges at you with these things, and it's like whoa, hey, and you know it's like it's 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 you you expect it to be Carrie-like, but it's really not quite Carrie. I mean, it is in certain bits, but it's really it's really kind of doing its own thing. And the the two two more things: one, I love the score. Apart from the theme, which I'm iffy on, but the, the main score, like, mm-hmm. there's a scene where the dad, a guy, a drunk lawyer, okay. rushes his car at dad in a parking lot. And I right. will say, I will say that even though Rita might be doing something strange to the dad, they get the family gets their desserts. They have about two bites, and dad yeah. says, "You <laughs> gotta go," and they go. leave. I hate that. That drives me up the wall. Eat your freaking dessert. Come on, someone made that. You gotta eat it. So you know mm-hmm.
2: the
0: the composer, and I can't remember his name now, um, I talked oh. about him on the commentary, so I won't say too much about it, but he was really into getting inside the characters' heads when he composed music. and so, um, the example, I guess I give on the commentary, I probably shouldn't do it here to double dip, but he I'll just say that he was really interested in, like approaching the film from a character standpoint and not just what would suit the scene and so i think it works really well in the context of this film because there are different sounds throughout the film it's not this and there's different versions of that opening theme throughout the film you know what i mean that he changes the tone of it and it's it's a really interesting score i think
1: yeah, I, I agree. I The thing I love about it is it does – it has those 70s horns, you know, like, you know, kind of thing. But then as the horns are going, you also get like this almost like a Whoa, that was pretty good. Redeemer class <laughs> yeah. reunion massacre yeah,
0: yeah,
1: yeah. sort of <laughs> synths going over the top of it. It's like, wow, that's like – I've never actually heard that before. I don't it's, think
0: it's disquieting. It doesn't yeah. really. Another movie that does that is Night Terror with um, Valerie Harper. Valerie that, Harper. Score, okay. Right. Oh, okay. The score for that is really it's it's supposed. I think they're approaching it from the perspective of the killer.
1: Okay. So, yeah.
0: So the music's really disjointed and weird and kind of startling. And jarring, and I think that those two films are good examples of that happening in a telefilm. You know, yeah, I, uh, off the top of my head. But oh, I'm sorry, which other thing? Then we gotta got to try to wrap one,
1: this up. I, I've got one more thing. Our mini so rap-
0: Dan is uh, this is the cool mini so
1: no the the regular episode is like three <laughs> hours. So no <laughs> know, no this I, I, I got one more point, and that is I would love to know, and this might be in the interview uh, with Brian Taggart, but there are several moments in the film where I felt like cuz at well as the as the 70s went along there were more 2 hour TV movies in the early 70s sure. they were pretty much all 90 minutes uh, right. but this one this one was a 90 minute one when it aired but there're several moments in it where i i felt like we jump ahead in a strange manner in in the original like 73 minute version okay. and mm-hmm. and there and there are at least two moments where something happens and then you don't learn why that happened or why that was brought about until minutes mm-hmm. later and i'm wondering if if this was originally maybe written and i could be crazy here as like a 2 hour one like a 95 minute script
0: oh, and then cut down and, and then, then it, had, and then and it got expanded. cut
1: yeah, I because there were I I just noticed at this time when I was watching because I thought oh why did they do that that that's a strange because I I know Brian Taggart's stuff and I thought that that seems like a weird uh, narrative and I can't say what they are now here's we'll do maybe in like four episodes from now we'll do spell spoilers the spell spoilers section <laughs> spell spoilers we can second. certainly
0: we can certainly <laughs> cover it after it comes out more people have had a chance yes. to see it that yeah. we not have and we can go deeper. But I I just kind of want to encourage people. The whole point of this was to get Jeff on, to thank him. Thank you, Jeff. And to promote the film because I think it's super worthwhile. And um, it's a rare and it's a pioneering movement that we're doing here with TV movies. And I just want to encourage people to pick it up. It's not expensive. And we all obviously have a deep love for it. Um, And we're all coming out from different angles and different walks of life and different experiences. And we all really enjoy this film. And... We think that it's worth more than what I think it had originally been sort of regarded as, which is a carry ripoff. And so um, the important part of this episode is to just sort of get an understanding of like why the spell, what they did with it, why it's worth picking up, and why we love it. Um, but eventually, yeah, we, we can match this up. Uh, by the way, I have to say I'm really heartened to hear that so many people want to see Midnight Offerings on um released up, oh, on well video.
3: me 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 leading, leading that pack for sure. I mean, that was one yeah. that I remember like, begging, my, I think, my babysitter at the time, like, please let me see this, please let me see this, and she wouldn't, um, because I was too young, but, I mean, the whole concept of, you know, having the stars from the Waltons and Little House and the Prayer have powers towards each other, yeah. I mean, was just something that I was, like, you know, tapped right into Carrie, I mean, it was another Carrie example so- of...
0: It's so good. Like that's a TV movie that in my lifetime, I mean, I always loved it growing up. I loved it. It used to play a lot on my local channel, so I got to see it a lot. But as an adult now, going back and visiting it, um, I can't get enough of it. I watch it every couple of months, and every time I watch it, I just love it even more. There's so speaking of dynamics, there's just so much going on, and so it's interesting to yeah. see. So some something that I talked about also, at Miskatonic was I talked about um, paranormal. Uh, female driven paranormal telefilms that were responding to second wave feminism. And uh, three of the films I talked about were the initiation of Sarah, the spell and midnight offerings. And yep. so there's a lot going on in those films that are worthwhile. Plus they're highly entertaining. And I think midnight offerings is one of the most entertaining TV movies I can think of off the top of my head.
3: I would agree. I think it has a lot of fun layers to it. And again, it's, and it also came out in 1981, which was, you know, um, uh, Nate, you had already said this. I'm a slasher fan myself. 1981 was like ground zero, like for horror yes. films. There was a horror yes. film that was coming out theatrically every week, and there was probably a TV movie or a rerun or something happening every. the 81 and 82, it was just for. A generation of people, it was just like, we were just onslaughted with horror films. It was a great time. <laughs> yeah, it, it
1: was. It, it, was, it, was it, it was that time where uh, if you watch sneak previews with um, uh, you know oh, yes. Lieber, uh, they, they were yes. annoyed every single week. That it was like, oh, my yes. bloody Valentine, the unseen, humongous. Oh, they were just going yeah, nuts. Yeah. Uh, they like they, they were it.
3: annoyed, but, but they were annoyed but all of their previews just made me, like, I remember yes, when they ragged yes. on Friday the 13th, the final chapter, and I was like, I can't oh, wait yes. to see it. Like, I mean, it's just that minute, like, it didn't matter. But that time period is so, yes. again, no, I don't think no other generation will ever understand it unless you were, you were in it. It was just like, I mean, cause the other, genre that was happening in that early 80s stuff was porky's rip-offs you know yeah. so it was oh, like yeah, yeah. the horror it was horror films and horny teens and it was yeah. like that was, oh what, a time. <laughs> what a time it was everything it was everything yes <laughs> it was everything i mean it was just crazy but midnight offering was i uh, came in like smack dab in the middle of that and also um don't go to sleep so yes i just you know what i just I I hope that the spell finds some new fans. I think this podcast has done it. A lot of justice just talking about it. If You've never heard of it. I think some things that you guys have all brought up that are pretty intriguing and, and it is a good movie. We did the best that we could on the release. I really hope that, um, people like it and the fans like it. I know I do. And it's one of those, you know, it's funny. I, um, you know we have put uh scream factory this year is celebrating its five-year anniversary which is nuts and we good. have put up Yay. yes it is it's nuts and we've put up close to we're going to cross over 300 releases in october it's just wow. insane oh my, good um, gravy wow. oh it yes it's <laughs> i have the i have the Battle scars mentally sometimes, <laughs> but um, but I don't um, collect all of the Screen Factory films. Even though I'm had a part in all of them, I just I know that years from now or whatever, like this, there's just certain movies that I don't care for in our catalog. And and you know what, Cliff, um, my other partner in Screen Factory, would say the same thing. So I will pick the ones that i love and then i put well that i like to think that i've put a special touch on and the spell is definitely one that i would say that i was a uh, uh a ghost producer on so Yay. very nice well, we're
0: super excited yes. um we're so glad that you could take the time to come and talk to us and um give us some of the background of the film and how it came out uh, it's amazing and it comes out September 5th this uh, episode I'm hoping to get up over the weekend so people will have time to pre-order it through Amazon um, if they want
3: also if I if I if I if I can add um, if uh, they pre-order directly from our site we ship it out two weeks oh. early so um, oh, I, it should be sh- it should be shipping. Either this week or next week, like very early, if you order wow. directly from our site. So. Oh
0: great! Okay, okay. Um, well I'll put links up to if, if, if
3: you just can't, if you just can't wait for the spell um, to be on Amazon, then yes, uh, order from our site and
1: you Lee Grant. Early. Lee Grant at her best. You you can't wait. You know you can't wait. <laughs>
3: Nobody can. <laughs> And
0: um, and you know you're more than welcome to come back if you ever want to talk TV movies. We loved having you on. This oh was yes, really yeah. fun. Um, oh, and, thank you guys uh, thank you and we'll let you know when this goes on and also I wanted to mention that you guys uh, you run the social media there for Scream Factory I do. right uh-huh. and yes. so everybody should go and join your Facebook and your Twitter and uh, obviously you're listening to what people are asking for I know you can't do everything but um, uh, if if we have them. but if there's something you want to talk to Jeff about you guys have a really good Facebook and Twitter and mm. you're obviously paying attention so everybody go sign up to that
3: yeah, no, I will say I will say that I I I we may not respond to all of the rec- uh, suggestions and recommendations, but we do see them. We're sometimes at the mercy of what studios can we said license sure. from, what yes. independents yeah. own certain yeah. stuff. A lot of people, you know, listen. A lot of people don't know the differentiation between, you know, Friday the 13th is owned by Paramount and yes. Cat People is at Universal and, <laughs> you know, Deadly Friend is at Warner Brothers. Like, you know, I mean, there's and we know that because we're in the business and we 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 know that. But, you know, for most people, it's like it's a movie. You know what I mean? I don't know what studio it comes from. It's just a movie. But you that's why. It. Yeah. Green Acres yeah, is MGM. Why, yeah. yeah. Exactly. That's why things are just sort of splintered out. And sometimes we have to, and we have no problem doing it, just have to, you know, say, hey, sorry, we can't get those rights," And that's when people go, oh, right. Oh, what are those things? And that's where it gets (laughs) into the complicated (laughs) stuff. But um, I wanted to say that um, please, you know, whether this makes the podcast or not is uh, your call, but um, send me an email when your podcast is live so I can share it on Screen Factory. Oh, great. Um, Okay pages because um i think that i'm like hey if you want to hear about the spell and tv movies because we have a very large and very um uh a, i mean a very vocal group so people that will be interested in this if i post it on the screen factory channels will you'll get some you'll get a nice bump i think yeah,
0: that'd be great thank awesome. you yeah thank we'll you. definitely do that um okay and then um, we're going to go. So good night, everybody. Thank you, Jeff. Thank you, Nate. And thank, thank you, Dan, you, Jeff. for coming out thank you. for our special episode. Thank you. Um, our, our next double feature is going to be Crowhaven Farm and Bay Coven. Join uh, Screen Factory's Facebook, and let's all support TV movies. Good night. Yay.
3: Yay. Good
0: night.